Hello, hello, hello. Today on the Unhustle podcast, we're going to talk about World Unhustle Day coming up December 29th. And I have a very special guest, Melanie Gordon, joining me today for the conversation as to why this is such a timely and important topic right now. Hi, I'm Milena Rigos, and after 20 years of successful marketing career and building a seven-figure business, I decided to pivot and start Unhustle, a revolutionary approach to the way we live and work. In this podcast, we have conversations about why hustle is not the key to success. We talk about the mindset, habits, and practices to help you get out of being always busy, overworked, and stressed out. We focus on creating a simpler, healthier, and happier life that is sustainable so you can live and work with more well-being, joy and purpose, and get into a state of high performance, a new way of living fit for the times we're in. Hi, Mel. Thank you so much for coming on the Unhustle podcast today to chat with me. Mel is a startup founder. She's an entrepreneur. She works with startup entrepreneurs. She's an angel investor. She's a speaker, and she started her own coaching business. She transferred from being a, a tech startup founder to a coaching business. And I'm meeting today with Mel so we can talk about World Unhustle Day. Woohoo! World Unhustle Day! Yes. December 29th, 2020. And in that conversation, I want to talk with Mel, um, touch on a few things that uh, involve uh, involved with World Unhustle Day. So welcome to the show, Mel. Thank you so much. Let's kick it off with um, just a little bit of your story with how you went from a CEO startup and what were your challenges in that role and why did you pivot your career? Yeah, absolutely. So I ran a tech startup called Tap Hunter. We sell software to restaurants and we are as many as 50 people and living, you know, the wonderful dream of the startup CEO in the high rise building with an amazing view up to 50 employees and raised millions of dollars for our company. And I loved it until I didn't. And what I realized was I wasn't really living my values of adventure and not having everything scheduled and planned out for me. Also working, you know, 60, 80 hour weeks definitely takes a toll on you, your mind and your body when you do that for seven years in a row. So it was really time for me to reevaluate how I could still run the company, but differently that, you know, was honoring me. And that's when we started to uh, reorg the company, elevate some leaders, and we actually took it 100% remote in early 2019, all before COVID. <laughs> and uh, so that I could get out on the road and travel with my husband and my dog and just start to take a break uh, and see the world. And so I just love the work that you're doing with Unhustle. And we've been colleagues for quite a, quite a long time, even before you started Unhustle. So our, our journeys have, have collided back together. They sure have. And, you know, actually, you're coming back on the Unhustle uh, podcast. Uh, so there is a longer episode with you and your story when you were just uh, hitting the road, actually, with the van. So I'll yes. link to that earlier podcast episode in the show notes in case somebody wants to go back and listen to it. But today, um, we really want to dive a little bit deeper into, into maybe um, a fairly big part of why Unhustle exists, but um, not the only part, but a fairly big one. And there is um, entrepreneurs and leaders who are not exactly in alignment 
mind and body. And so um, you and I texted each other with the news of um, Tony Shea's tra tragic death. He mm -hmm. was definitely one of like my visionaries, one, one of my entrepreneurs who I really looked up to. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, and then I found out that as brilliant and as successful he is, he uh, was very lonely and he had drug addictions and he obviously had some mental health problems. Um, so um, I don't really, I don't really want to like, I mean, his death is very tragic and, and my heart goes out to his family. And at the same time, it kind of brings uh, light to this whole uh, mental health um, problem with entrepreneurs and, and how hard it is, especially right now during COVID. Yes. Yes, that's what we were texting back and forth. And I want to thank you because I saw that he that he had he had passed and I had just thought it was um, not related to any of those struggles. And it wasn't until you sent me that Forbes article that I really realized uh, what he was going through in his life. You know, I think there were just a lot of things that said, oh, he, he had died. And once you kind of pulled the layers back and I just couldn't believe it because I, too, um, had a chance to tour his Las Vegas downtown project and the Zappos facility and actually got to meet him um, in his condo. And so it, it didn't seem real, right? It just, it did not seem real until um, I started processing it more and then also texting with you. And also the timing, the unfortunate timing of this pandemic um, layered with, you know, the well-being of, of founders out there, I know is something that something that you and I are very passionate about because we've, we took a, a U-turn and in, in how we were designing our work life too. So I think it's important that we're a part of the conversation and, and letting people know that, that we're willing to talk about it. We not, might not have all of the answers, but that there are safe places to have this conversation and it should be, you know, it should, these conversations should, should be, be happening. Right. So tell me, you were, you were mentioning um, right before we, we hit the record button here um, about your way of opening up um, on this topic with regard, with, 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 start with your team, right? Yes, yes. So, you know, I was noticing that my mental health was deteriorating and that I needed to personally make a switch. And so I truly believe looking back, because it's been over a year now, almost a year and a half since we took our team remote, I was the butts and seats CEO and leader. That was just my style. That's what was, well, I thought it was working for me at the time, but it wasn't. And looking back and reflecting, I now see what sort of impact that had on my team, you know, requiring them. There's nothing wrong with structure. Don't get me wrong. But the, the, the requirement of them being in their seats at seven and clocking in and out for lunch and coming back. And now I look at my company as I just need to see the metrics and the progress and I don't care how they get it done. So I have a team today that's running our, our tech startup. And as long as I see their daily and weekly updates in Asana that the work got done, I, I don't mind that they started work at 10 o'clock or worked for a few hours one day, but worked for eight hours the next day. Which that I think is so critical mm -hmm. to kind of focus on outcome as opposed to time. Yes. And that's a big thing with, unhustle, yes. with the unhustle philosophy is like, why are we stuck in this outdated work model of measuring 
ours. Why are we it's stuck so on this nine to five thing that dates back to the 18th century and Henry Ford and the factory yes. line? And why are we now when we have like the power of the world at our fingertips with, with every keyboard in front of us? Um, why are we still on the nine to five thing? And what is that? Because that's to the us? framework, right? Like that's the framework that's been delivered and presented to us by the construct of the business world. And luckily for all of us, we have a huge opportunity as founders and leaders of our company, regardless if you're the CEO or founder, right? If you're leading a team today, all of us have been forced to work remote. Now, others have been able to adjust appropriately and are probably living their best lives right now. And others are still struggling because if you're the leader that needs to see your employees to know that they're working, you're struggling right now. And I don't want to put those people down because the struggle is real, right? I went through that. And so to be able to work with mentors or advisors around you on how you can start to make that switch, I think you said it beautifully. You you know, it's not about the time you're putting in and and punching the clock. It's about, about the outcome and the productivity that you get. I have employees that could do their job in two hours a day. Right. Right. I have other employees who probably need seven to eight. And I'm not talking like, you know sitting around and taking breaks and lunch and whatnot, that's all included in that, right? (laughs) Like think about how much you actually work in one day. And so now I have people on my team who, when they wake up, okay, their day, so this is what their day used to be. They wake up at six, they shower, they're in their car, they're Uber by 6.30, so they can get to the office by seven, team meeting and stand up, you have to be on your A game by 7 a.m. So hopefully you already got your shot of espresso, um, you know, and then we're off to the races. And then they'd work a full eight or 10 or 12 hour day. They go home, they're tired, they cook dinner, they go to bed, they do it all over again. Rinse and repeat. Stuck in Stuck in the rut race, stuck in the grind. Yes. So today, one of my employees, this and this is where I like to say it has to start at the top. She slacks me and says, uh, "This morning I walked uh, my dog. She got a new puppy, um, as a lot of people have this year because she needed another companion in the house. Uh, I walked him first. She doesn't have a commute anymore. She doesn't have to be in a stand up at seven a.m. She got to take care of herself." and her family, and her well-being as the first thing in the morning, as the first agenda item in the morning, she took care of herself first. Which is why I created the Unhustle Morning, because this is exactly yes. what I did um, to start kind of changing my my life. It was like, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of time in the morning for myself. And, you know, honestly, it really depends on how you feel. It depends on how much time you have. It depends on a lot of things. And so some mornings for me, you know, it's 15 minutes and some mornings it's an hour and a half, like this morning. But until I get to a point where my mind and body is fully alive, awake and on fire, I don't really get to work because if I get to work, it's not going to be productive. It's not going to be creative. And I'm just going to waste an hour or two because you thought you had to. 
Exactly. Yeah. You're sitting at your desk wasting an hour or two because you think that's what your boss needs to see. Exactly. But you know what what started with me, what what did the shift for me um, was a a while back when I still had my digital marketing agency and I was working with, you know, I started working with a remote team long time ago. So COVID for me would have been a breeze. Uh, But Mm -hmm. back then I was working with, you know, a lot of millennials, a lot of Gen Xers and they don't they don't understand, most of them don't understand or want to uh, uh, obey to these society's norms of nine to five. And Mm. I realized as a um, running, you know, my own agency, I realized that they're they're more productive and and more in their flow at various times of the day, right? Somebody could be very productive at 2 a.m. in the morning. Somebody is very productive at 6 a.m. in the morning. So who am I to tell them, to work from nine to five. Why, why yes. are we, why are we stuck on this? Yeah. I was so grateful, you know, that we were able to do that. Lots of people are in the force situation and still struggling. And so I think having that, you know, productivity over time and trying to under, there's a great book out there, Drive, that talks about, you know, understanding people's motivations and when they work best, right? The second piece for me was um, starting to let go. So I got to tell you last winter, as you know, I lived in Bend. I'm an avid snowboarder. I'd been living in San Diego for 20 years. So I was nowhere near the snow and I missed it. So initially I got to Bend and it felt really weird for me to share not only with my team, but even just with friends, right, that are still punching the clock, um, that I was snowboarding on a Tuesday. Well, Melina, no one gives a crap that I was snowboarding right, so on it's a not, Tuesday. Yeah, they're like, you're good for you. And I, I have, have a work. feeling, yeah, <laughs> and I have a feeling that that was the story I was making up for myself. I have a feeling that there's a lot of people, leaders and founders listening today Um, that feel the same way. Like, oh my gosh, I could possibly not do that and tell people. But I think part of the solution in the conversation has to be these, that you and I are talking about um, what we're doing on Tuesdays, right? I already know what you did this morning. And um, with Unhustle Day being on a Tuesday, I got to tell you, I put it in my calendar and I'm committed to hitting the mountain and the slopes that day. And in being on the mountain and, and telling people that that's what I'm doing, that I took a day for myself. You know, I think it's okay for us to start to talk about employees and teammates don't have to hide that they're sick. That's the one thing I realized. The, the whole like, oh my God, I'm calling in sick tomorrow and it has to be scary and you're going to be judged for it. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. my team, instead of being scared that they need to call in sick, they will simply say, I need a mental health day today. And as long as they're caught up on their work and they have the, the bank and their, you know, their paid time off block, that's how my team now talks about it. And that wasn't the case a handful of years ago. I mean, you, you remember those days, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're so nervous to call in one day and it's like, mm-hmm. why, why? Yeah. And I just want to make, uh, make it clear. Uh, it is world and hustle day and, and it's, gaining popularity really, really quickly. It it is an international holiday because um, this whole problem of focusing on productivity, this whole hustle point is not just in America, it's actually all over the world. 
um, with the yes. exception of, of a few countries, you know, up in Northern Europe, but even they're supporting it. I have people from Finland saying our whole society, you know, if you, if all you do is work, people would look down um, at you, on you as if like, what, what's wrong with you? Um, mm. Which is very opposite from what we're doing in, in America, where we're valorizing this success by, by working longer hours. So world, it's a world and hustle day, but that doesn't necessarily mean take a day off work and go play. Um, it actually, yes. you know, it, it could be just five minutes uh, for yourself. It could be just to to um, maybe sleep in a little bit more or, or like work half an hour less or maybe do something that you've been wanting to do for a really long time, um, but you haven't had a chance to. Or maybe it's like play extra five minutes with your dog while you're getting more mm-hmm. aware of, of how you feel internally. Um, it is on December 29th because of the full moon. Um, the full moon nice. um, on that day is actually... Um, uh, it's it's known for um, a really really long time among uh, Native American Indians and other um, other um, tr- tribes. Actually, there's many many tribes involved with this. Um, is a is a full moon. Mm-hmm. It's to, time to go in, time to um, celebrate a little bit more solitude. Um, you know, it's winter solstice, so it's it's like time to stay in. Which actually, right now with the pandemic is a, a very timely thing to do if you're needing another yes. reason as to um, what makes you want to stay in. So, um, so yeah, it's full moon. But then, again, uh, wrapping all of this um, under all these mental health problems with startup founders, which is a huge issue. Um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's getting back into, like, mind, body, and soul well-being and getting away from time to work so you can actually bring more awareness, more presence and more energy into what you're doing. I just want to read to you um, some of the things, and I'm asking people what hustle means to them. And I want to read uh, a few of them and then I want to get dive a little bit deeper into these uh, mental health mm-hmm. um, problems and statistics with startup founders, which are uh, totally staggering. So um, I've been reaching out to a few people um, about, okay, what does hustle mean to you um, and why is this important right now? And one of the people that responded to me is Christopher Lockhead. He's a number one Apple business podcaster. I love this guy. Um, number one Amazon marketing author. He's got a couple of books out there that I highly recommend to any, any entrepreneur and any um, leader and CEO, one's niche down and one's play bigger, really big uh, business mm-hmm. books. Um, and he's also a category designer. And, and basically what that means is you don't compete in a sea of sameness, sameness, but you do something completely different so you can stand out um, and work less, but uh, have a bigger impact, which is one of the things we preach with and hustle. So, and Chris is very, very blunt. Um, so this is what Chris sent me back. The hustle porn industry has done more to hurt entrepreneurs than any other group in recent memory. Yes, hard work matters, but success is about designing a legendary life, not becoming a slave to a business. Keep hustling and you'll find yourself divorced, fat and sick with kids who think you're an asshole. It's time to unhustle. It's time to design businesses that work for our lives, not lives that work for our businesses. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> we're like, yes to amazing. all of these. <laughs> yes, yes, oh yes, Chris. Yes. Now, another guy. I read it yesterday, and then hearing you read it back is even more powerful because I saw that post on social, and I just uh, love his words. They're yeah. so impactful. So impactful. And another guy I reached out to, also somebody who I did an interview with, another podcast interview that we have is with Stefan Aristo. Stefan is another brilliant guy, an entrepreneur, super amazing guy. He was one of the first uh, people to create the uh, inflatable paddle boards. He uh, went and pitched the, his idea to Shark Tank and his pitch is considered uh, one of the most successful pitches to this date. So Mark Cuban invested in his company. Uh, and mm. Stefan uh, started this company in uh, San Diego, but then he quickly realized that he wasn't exactly, uh, his employees weren't living the lifestyle that he was preaching. And so in trying to make something different um, with his company, he um, um, put his company on a five-hour workday, five hours from mm. eight to one, from eight to one, and then you can go in the afternoon and play. So, yep. So what he says is, unhustle to me means to always measure twice and cut once. It's spending more time thinking about how you're working so you can spend less time working while you're accomplishing more. Leverage is everywhere, but you'll miss it if you're not looking. 99% of the population isn't looking. It's important right now because as humans, we're never being, we've never been more inundated with more things to do at the exact same time as we have nuclear weapons at the tips of our fingers compared with just a decade or two ago. So mm -hmm. um, I love what Stephanie is saying here about leverage. Yes. Yes. And finally, a third one from uh, Laura Kachanova. She's a principal at Scratch Marketing and Media from Boston, Massachusetts. And um, Laura says, unhustle means to pause. Take time from the grind to reconsider priorities what brings you happiness and joy. This is important as emotional and physical well-being are not a given. We abuse our minds and bodies, we flex them so much in pursuit of goals and targets. A lot of times we do it out of habit, the habit of hustling. In 2021, I want to pause a bit more often and honestly answer, is this really worth it? To what end? And if it's not, then I hope to find the courage to let go. That's an important message. What are the consequences? What are you know, the, to one so, is you, you'll see yourself, you know, your kids hate you, divorce, so on and so forth. But I think that is a really key message in all three of the ones you just read is really encouraging people to sit with that question. What are the consequences? What are the consequences? And so this brings me to the study by the University of San Francisco researcher Michael Freeman mm -hmm. on mental health crisis and what are the consequences. According to his study, approximately one half of entrepreneurs, 49%, suffer from at least one form of mental health condition during their lifetime, during their lifetimes including ADHD, bipolar disorder, and a host of addictive disorders such as uh, some statistics here, entrepreneurs, startup founders are twice as likely to suffer from depression, six times more likely to suffer from ADHD, three times more likely to suffer from substance abuse, 10 times more likely to suffer from bipolar disorder, twice as likely to have a psychiatric, psych I can't talk this morning, psychiatric hospitalization, and twice as likely mm -hmm. to have suicidal thoughts. Staggering statistics. 
Yes. I know you've seen it in your life. I know I've seen it. We've both experienced some part of it. So let's um, let's have a conversation about it. Yeah, there's, I mean, the headline of that article from the World Economic Forum is there's a mental health crisis in entrepreneurship. Um, I like that they actually have action items in there. So one of the big action items in this article um, is the destigmatization of it. And so like we mentioned before, starting at the top with the leaders and founders of the company, but what I love especially about this action plan is that they are calling on investors and they're calling it the investor's pledge, right? Mm -hmm. It does have to start at the top. So when you think about those founders who are struggling that have the pressure from one investor or 27 investors, um, having investors also take collective action um, to understand what it means to check in on, on your founders and, and those in their portfolios. Um, as simple as therapy, right? And talk therapy for their, for their founders, ensuring that your CEOs are supported in even that simplest step, which is part of destigmatization. You had investors in your company, yeah? Yeah, yes, 27. <laughs> Did that you, wasn't a made-up number. <laughs> um, what was your relationship with your investors? I mean, investors are there to obviously to. Well, you can tell me more. What? Yeah. Uh, so, according to our lead investor in San Francisco, we did get lucky with our pool of investors. Most of them were angels and um, wealthy individuals and family offices, and then we had one, um, you know, official kind of VC, and they were great. We had 27 investors and 99% uh, of them were great. And the 1% who weren't really made my life a living hell for a couple of years. Um, it was bad. The pressure, the, one of the biggest things I was so afraid of was my reputation and how they talked about me out in and the, you know, in our, in our startup environment. I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's really what, you know, keep, keeps you going, right? How you do business and treat people. Um, it was very difficult for me. Uh, it crumbled me in a lot of ways. I think that added to, you know, my burnout, to be honest, like just that, that continual pressure. Right. Now, later on, we were in a position to be able to, to buy them out and take back majority control of our company, which, I mean, ultimately you talk about lifting, you know, a thousand pound, <laughs> bag of bricks off your shoulders. So when I read that this was a part of their action plan, that investors can have a key part in this, um, that's something that I would like to follow and or be a part of, right? I'm now to an angel investor. And so I'm going, well, then this is something I should be signing to, right? I should be uh, checking in and being the lead in some of my angel groups about checking in on the investments I've made and, and understanding um, you know, where, where they're at with that. I think it's critical, especially in the time of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So what, do, I know we're not the solution, although we're trying to provide a safe place, a community, mm -hmm. um, as well as some solutions um, to all of these. In your eyes, what are some things investors can do? So I think the biggest thing is, is letting people know you're willing to talk about it. I know you, even the three um, stories you just shared are in social media format to be shareable on Instagram and LinkedIn to get the conversation going. 
It's really important. So I shared your unhustle day and it was on my LinkedIn. And it's important for, for me that other people who I'm mentoring at the college level, companies I'm investing in, companies I'm about ready to get to coach, understand that I am willing to talk about it. Even though they might not be ready, they know that they have a safe place. That actually happened last week. I made it known to a specific entrepreneur group um, that I had had loss in my life due to um, you know, someone close to me taking their life. And someone ended up reaching out to me and saying, can you talk? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a situation with a colleague and friend of mine. I don't really know what to do. And that was last week. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think the conversation we're having today is, is most important in terms of solutions. I mean, it's the ones that you preach from the top of your unhustle, you know, mountain is the simple things. And I know it's so hard to hear, but it's like being vigilant about getting good sleep right now, especially in the world of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. I really do. And I used to be the hustle, I love the hustle porn was, oh, you know, I burned the midnight oil and I only slept three hours last night. That was a big thing in my accelerator and incubator. That's such bullshit. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. That was like a a badge of honor, you know, and poo poo on the directors and program people for continuing to, you know, perpetuate that. Right. But I think it's important for people like me and you who are still running successful companies and ventures to say, you know what, I, I and this is truthful, I, I slept nine hours last night, I really did. And there was a day where I would never say that to somebody because it'd be like, oh, you're lazy. And, you know, you're not, you would never tell an investor that because they would think that you weren't um, really dedicated to running your company. I stopped using an alarm clock long time ago because I realized that um, my body needs better than an alarm clock. And and I am in a position where um, I work from home and so I create my own schedule. But I realized Mm -hmm. that long hours doesn't mean you're getting more done. Working in a state of flow means you can get a lot done, but you can't get in a state of flow if you're sleep deprived. So um, so it's enough with this... um, idea that we should sleep less sleep is so important yeah. I mean it's when the you... second thing too and I'm curious really curious to get your take on on how you're navigating this as well is limiting your news intake so obviously with a big election year and the pandemic you want to be informed um, I recently deleted the Apple News app from my phone I signed up for CNN's five bullet news and that for the last month is how I've been getting my news because what I realized was with the Apple News app on my phone, I'd be reading the news for an hour or two a day. And it's not yeah. good news right now, right? It's no secret. And the impact that that has on your day is not great. So I'm, I'm curious how, how you, you know, you're set up for consuming news right now or, or things that have, that have helped you. Yeah, brutally honest with you, um, I, um, I I have an attention, I have a news diet that I've been on for a really long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I absolutely limit um, my news. I would I probably spend a couple of times during the week that I check in, um, quickly kind of see what's going on. I do have um, like a similar to you, like an email that I get with the news. 
And um, most times the news find me, um, you know, if I jump on social media, which I also try to limit my time on it, but because of running my company, I'm active. So I go on it from my desktop and if there's something major, I normally see it there. So yeah, I don't spend that much time on the news. Uh, the, the news with Tony Shea was delivered to me in person by somebody who knew him um, personally. Um, Kristen Omer, she's also um, provided a statement um, with regards to um, to his news, to, to his dad. She knew him personally, they were friends and um, this is what she said. I'll read you the quote. Um, can we all take a moment to do nothing rather than something, even if it's for five minutes today, just sit in a chair and contemplate your life in honor of Tony Shea, who likely couldn't do this for himself. I know for me, it saves my sanity. Mm. And she's a, Kristen is a um, former professional extreme skier. Uh, she's a she's a badass. She coaches oh, people wow. on how to deal with fear and, and anxiety. And actually we just, uh, I just happened to run into her and she told me the news. So um, I don't spend that much time um, yeah. on, the, on the news. I find that every time I go on it, um, I, I'm very much in touch with uh, how it makes me feel. I'm very aware of how it makes me feel. And and there's nothing but bad news, obviously. So you mm-hmm. immediately put yourself um, in, put yourself, you get more stressed out, you get more tense, you get more yes. anxious, especially if you're reading them at night before, you know, you're supposed to be winding down and shutting down. If you're reading the news at night, that normally is a good indication that you're going to be up or yeah. you're going to have a good sleep. So I um, take, um, my ritual is I take Saturday mornings um, to catch up on the news of, from the week. And ah, then gotcha. Something, yeah, I would spend like I like that. I like 30 that a minutes. lot. Yeah, I spend like I think minutes. I might I'm going to try that this week. I think <laughs> the other key thing in staying connected it sounds so simple, but one thing I would really like to be my call to action today for anyone listening by the end of today before you let your head hit the pillow is reach out to one or two others that you know, you know, you think might be lonely today, right? Like that was in the Forbes article that Tony yeah. Shea was lonely. And that sounds like such a simple thing, but that is a powerful word that doesn't have this scary stigmatization to it. I'm lonely today, right? And so I think I would, there's, I have five or seven people on my speed dial and my community who I know run companies and projects and organizations. And um, I'm committed to reaching out to one or two of them today too. And I think anyone listening knows somebody that, wow, I, I've been meaning to, you know, just text so-and-so. And I think you can't wait. Today's the day to do that and just check in on, check in on your person, on your people, on your tribe, especially through the holidays, the pandemic isn't going anywhere. Um, and I think that's a super simple yet important message that isn't scary for people, right? It's very very easy to send a heartfelt text. I've received texts in the last few months from people that I hadn't heard of. And I can't tell you what it did for my day, for my spirit, just hearing from an old acquaintance or friend that was thinking about me. Thank you so much for that. Um, Very important message. Loneliness kills. It's considered the silent killer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's, there's so, there's, it's, um, it's, it's a really, really, 
widespread pandemic, especially in America, um, there's a difference between social isolation and loneliness. There's also a difference um, with, with regards to, you can be surrounded by people and still be lonely, which I think yes. was the case in Tony Shea's example, because he was, he was still surrounded by a lot of people. So um, very, very important message. Um, and I think social media, unfortunately, makes things worse when it comes to loneliness. We feel we're connected with people, but we are missing on the whole human connection. And obviously the pandemic is not making that any easier. Yes. But um, I don't know about you, but I have been, I have actually reconnected with a lot of friends. Bless you. I've reconnected with a lot of friends um, over during the pandemic, um, whether it's been on Zoom or just on a phone call. It hasn't been in person, but it's been really long, deep conversations. So in a way, mm. it's, it's given me a chance to reconnect. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Um, what... Um, What else can we do about um, investors' pledges for mental health? Um, I suppose, it, it, to me, on hustle would be a philosophy that starts from the top. It, starts, it, it needs to start with, with, uh, with leaders, with people like yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, that's one way to look at it. And another way to look at it is, you know, it starts also with, with the individuals um, and with, with us as human beings, taking back our time, taking back our freedom, saying no, creating a little bit better work-life boundaries, which is so hard to do um, during the pandemic because we're living in our offices. So um, I am going to continue the effort with on Hustle. I'm going to do my best to get the word out about World on Hustle Day. And even if I get... Um, um, companies to act on it that would be that would be a dream to actually say this is what we're going to do to to protect um, our people so um i really thank you for your effort and everything you're doing on your side to support it thank you um and um is there anything else you would like to add did we did we cover everything here I am looking forward to hugging you in the <laughs> very near distant future because <laughs> we're closer together in, in, in uh, geography. So I think, um, like you mentioned, you know, reconnecting with friends in Zoom, but I got to tell you, I hugged an old friend on Sunday and I, it was probably like a two or three minute hug. <laughs> it feels good, doesn't it? I just hugged somebody yes. too. And yes, it, I mean, yeah. you can't, there's nothing better than you know we're human beings we're social we're social creatures and um this isolation is is really playing against um what we are what we're uh how we're raised and what we're yeah. raised to do and so you know when we're scared and when we see danger we're supposed to get together and this is the opposite so it's really messing up with with our brains big time so um, this is why um, I would like to emphasize uh, with World and Hustle Day, uh, it's not necessarily just take a day off from work. It's take some time to, even if it's five breaths, even if it's like you mm -hmm. wake up in the morning and you just take five deep breaths and, and you uh, 
kind of do a little bit of a body scan and see how you how your body feels, see where your energy is, um, see what you need to really um, do that day to to feed you your body, give give your mind what it needs. Whether it's a meditation, a mindfulness, um, whether it's you know drink extra water that day, uh, whether it's you know take a, a, a extra long shower i mean there's some simple things like you said get an extra hour of sleeping there's some really simple things that you can do to not necessarily skip a day off work but um mm-hmm. but even if you could do that that would be great take the whole week off it's the holidays <laughs> right right things are this will probably be this you make a great point this will probably be the slowest i feel of holidays for a lot of people so that could be just great timing in and of itself yeah, and I think the U.S. is probably one of the very few countries which, you know, we shut down for one day on Christmas and then we continue to work. Everybody mm-hmm. else uh, is reaching out to me from Australia um, and from other countries saying, yeah, we're shutting down for two, three, four weeks uh, and we'll see you in January, rejuvenated, ready to work. So I think um, I think the States is finally catching on and, uh, and I know um, sometimes I hear uh, people refer to United States, like the United States of burnout, the United States of stress. And I really hope we do something about it um, to protect our humanity and to protect our human potential because our ability, I feel like it's so much more than just a hustle. It absolutely is. So thank you so much, Mel. Thanks for jumping in this morning. And I'm super excited to continue this conversation with you. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Unhustle podcast. I hope you will join us for World Unhustle Day on December 29th. If you'd like to get more details, go to unhustle.com and tag us at Unhustle on social media. I want to see how you are leading the charge to Unhustle and make a change for 2021. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review. 